Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Look up VR in the 90s because it existed, but it was rough. Yeah, Nintendo had that Virtual Boy. First of all, it didn't even attach to your head. You had to lean forward. Everything was red. Did you ever hear that like someone went blind using the <laughs> Virtual Boy? <laughs> I believe it. I actually believe that rumor. And welcome back to another episode of Starfield with Normal People. My name is Dwayne, and I am here with my partner, Michael. Michael, how are you today? You know, I'm good, but I had a weird thought yesterday. Um, okay. You know, first off, doctors say you should not use Q-tips. That's in true. Your ears. Yeah, you might stab your brain. Shut up, brain, or I'll stab you with a Q-tip. But I was thinking the other day, I thought, you know what's even scarier than that? is what if I have a factory reset button in there? <laughs> well, that, that would actually be kind of cool. Like, don't like how your personality is or don't, <laughs> uh, don't like the way things are going in life. Hit that factory re reset button and it's a whole yeah. brand new Michael. That's true. All right. Yeah, you're you right, know, Dwayne. I should give that a shot. You know how the Apple phone, you have to press sometimes like a button on the left and the right? So you need two yeah. Q-tips and you equally stab your brain <laughs> at the same time and then... That'll reset you for sure. Okay, Absolutely. we are totally joking, by the way. No one do this at you home. Do not. <laughs> Don't stab do yourself. Not. <laughs> like you can do serious, you can rupture your eardrum with a Q-tip. For That's why legal they, reasons. Yeah. Well, it's, all, it's always like that thing with with health products, or not health products, but like uh, cosmetics, you know, you read the cosmetics and shampoo is always, you know, one of those 80s stand-up comedian jokes. It's like, why why is there instructions on shampoo bottles? Um, right. Know, do, do we really need this? <laughs> but it's funny Someone because does. on Q-tips, it literally says, do not insert into, I think it says inner ear canal, but it may, may even yeah. say ear, yeah. you know, I, I think... I think they're not even designed for your ear. They're just, you know, to swab cuts and things like that. Yeah, it's really, it's just for arts and crafts. That's mm -hmm. that's all you got to use it for. Remember Better Off Dead? Never has a Q-tip been so beautifully, uh, you know, utilized in a movie than, than in Better Off Dead. I am unfamiliar. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Check that out, kids. Well, Dwayne, you wanted to tell our, uh, our, our audience that, that we lied. We lied so bad. We lied. <laughs> <laughs> not really. Like you, Although, you said. Not really. Yeah, you it was said. Our opinion. You're right. Exactly. You said, uh, Dwayne, we didn't really lie, and I was like, no, I just, I kind of wanted to say that we did say it was a rumor that Starfield was coming to PS. Uh, what is it? Sixteen. PS Five. PS. Okay. Yeah. PS Five. Yeah. Whatever it is. Yeah. But then I don't know the, who was the user on Reddit that kind of like instigated this whole rumor mill. Well, along with Phil Spencer, like we said in, in his tweet, was very mysterious. Yeah, from my understanding, Xbox was already planning this sort of like business update that they were going to share with people uh, soon-ish, I guess. And then when those rumors were flying around, they sort of uh, pushed 
up the announcement. It's it's gonna be fine, people. <laughs> that's that's all you need to know. It's gonna be fine. It'll be fine. And again, like we had someone reach out on our YouTube channel saying, "Hey, these European regulations. Look at what they've done with uh, the Apple Store, and yeah. essentially making it so that devices can't really lock down content and and have uh, exclusivity." And I saw another great comment that said exclusivity on consoles could be, you know, a thing that doesn't last that much longer, just kind of as a general sense of what's yeah. happening in the digital space. So will Starfield be on PS5 next week? Probably not. No, no. It, it, it might happen someday. If it does, I'm happy for the PlayStation owners. If mm -hmm. not, then um, come on over. Come on over to PC or, or Xbox. Yeah, the, and, the, the PS5 yeah. players that we affectionately refer to as the little people. You know, we're happy for you, for you guys. <laughs> um, the rest of us, you know, standing up here on our ivory tower, we're, we're, we're cool over here. Especially the PC players. <laughs> I didn't want to say anything, but I was like, my ivory tower <laughs> is higher than, than yours, for sure. Yeah, as, it's as higher than X, mine. Yeah. Xbox plebeian. Yeah, I'm down. I'm down right down there in the middle, right where I like it, mm -hmm. right where I like to be. <laughs> Not um, too high. The air is thin uh, up here. As as a tall guy, yeah. it's very thin. The higher you go, I like to be. I like to be mid. You know, <laughs> just like to be mid. Well, if we've learned anything from our kids, it's that mid is very close to the bottom. It's not actually mid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, and these types of regulations and these changes. Uh, you know, obviously, like I think about Apple, and how. Xbox tried to do xCloud natively through their app mm -hmm. through you know on the iPhone and Apple blocked that they they said nope you can't have a shop which is weird because it's not really a shop you have to already own the games or already have access to the games but for whatever reason Microsoft couldn't put it on the app which is funny because you can just do it through the web right you can just go on Safari on your iPhone Login, but Apple knows their audience, which is if I can't, yeah. you know, if it's not easy and intuitive, I'm probably not going to do it. That is the whole yep. point of an iPhone. Like, I'm I'm an iPhone guy, although I use a PC. I was never a Mac person. I I tried the Androids. I tried you know other phones and stuff. But to me, picking up uh, an iPhone versus picking up like a Google Android. It was yeah. completely different. Like it was so much harder to navigate the first time through. Sure, you have a, a Google phone right now, and you're like, I don't see what you're, I don't see what you're talking about. But the very first time, way harder, in my opinion. But yeah, so if these regulations kind of open things up, and maybe, uh, maybe it'll be a really good thing. You know, uh, maybe Xbox. I don't know. Maybe they can't be as exclusive. Who knows? Mm -hmm. uh, but then if that means that they can also get xCloud working natively on their iPhone app, like who knows? Like all those things could be positives. Um, I do think something that's really funny is so everyone is pretty sure that so as of this recording, it's February 14th. Um, of course, it's going to get published a little later. So this will this already be old news. But the rumor is that Nintendo... Uh, on the 15th is going to announce uh, that they're getting Sea of Thieves. So oh. Sea of Thieves could be uh, likely going, it, it really seems like it's likely going to PlayStation and Nintendo. Mm -hmm. What I find funny about this is just tragically funny for Ubisoft is that they've, 
they're about to release Skull and Bones. Mm. And one of the, um, which I don't know, some people are saying it's fun because there's a beta out. Uh, I, I don't know, their development was a mess. Mm -hmm. But one thing that they had going for them was Sea of Thieves was an Xbox exclusive and they were right. going to be on all platforms. So if if Xbox comes out and just releases Sea of Thieves on all platforms right before Skull and Bones comes out, it's just kind of funny to me. It's just it's, kind of hilarious timing. It's another, uh, you know, rough rough thing happening to Ubisoft who apparently the the VR Assassin's Creed was a spectacular failure. Now I've heard it's actually a fun game. Right. But sales-wise yeah. um it just didn't resonate. You know, we're not quite there yeah. for, you know, making big sales on VR yet. We're getting close. I mean, my both of my kids love VR. Like first thing when they get home yeah. from school, they are on the Oculus. They absolutely love it, and and actually, okay. So it does get used in your house. Okay. It gets used a lot. We're talking, you know, as much as I would let them, and as as long as the battery would last, they would be in there. They love Gorilla Tag. Like it's it's just so much fun mm. for them. But they're not yeah. quite the age group. I guess my son would be the age group for Assassin's Creed, but he still loves Gorilla Tag, and um, he right. likes the fact that he's he he's getting exercise doing it because he's yeah. into physical yeah. fitness too so i bet assassin's creed actually has elements of that too i would think it's interesting because uh so we have we also have the quest too and my son loves super hot actually i love super hot i love super, super hot. fun yeah yeah that's an amazing i already love the game on just xbox and mm -hmm. in vr it's incredible but the we yeah we don't use the Oculus that much, and it's one of those things where I find it really incredible. But it's so much easier to come home from work, sit down and pick up a controller, or or sit at your desk and be at the mouse and keyboard, right? Than it is to. So I mean I don't my, know. I guess it's not that hard, but it's just not a. It's not. I don't have that habit of putting on the headset. My front room is permanently rearranged so that my son can have an adequate playing space. And okay. we're yeah. having this battle of like, you gotta move the couch back, man. Because every time yeah. I come in my living room, like all the couches are moved out and like blocking the hallways. And <laughs> right. I'm like, come on, man. And yeah. all, the, all the legs on the couches are now like, you know, loose because he's been dragging them across the carpet to get them out of the way. I think that's it then. It's it's like having a dedicated space. Mm -hmm. Your computer, your Xbox, that's all in a dedicated space. It's ready to go. Mm -hmm. And so now I can see why your kids use the Oculus that much more mm -hmm. is because it's it's sort of ready. It's easier. Yeah, most people though, if, if they bought the, the MetaQuest, uh, they... I don't know. I, I think a lot of people tried it and they were like, this is cool. And then they don't have a dedicated space. So mm -hmm. it, it goes somewhere to get put away. And then it just, it's not going to come out all the time. So yeah, Assassin's Creed, like I love Assassin's Creed. Like I've played almost all of them. I didn't play the most recent one because I, I was getting a little bit burnt out. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, I don't know. For some reason I'm not, it's not that I'm not interested in Assassin's Creed VR, I just don't think about it. So yeah, yeah. I'm not really surprised. You know, Dis Dishonored 2 ruined Assassin's Creed for me because Assass I played Assassin's mm. Creed, whatever, one of the newer ones after playing Dishonored. And I wanted it to be Dishonored. 
<laughs> right. But it's yeah. like the gameplay, yeah. the stealth factor, like I just really liked everything about Dishonored 2. And then when I tried to translate that into Assassin's Creed, which they're kind of similar in terms of, of tone and style and um, kind of being this weird, you know, semi-historical, I guess some of them are historical, but it's like an yeah. alternate timeline action game. Yeah. I saw you on Sunday. You came over for the Super Bowl, and one of our friends, Eric, actually the same Eric that was on our pod, he brought over the Apple Vision Pro. I got to try it, and there's like a dinosaur demo that I did, and yes. it was spectacular. I was blown away by the fidelity, by how they augment reality. And they yeah. place the screen it's very impressive. within the space. So you're seeing through the goggles, you're seeing your normal space, and then you're seeing this augmented reality within the space, and it is spectacular. Now, will I go out and spend $6,000? Is that 35 how much? $35 plus. Well, it's like 35 for the cheapest one, mm -hmm. I think. I think yeah, he 3, said- 3500 he said the one that he had there was like 6500. I don't know what the difference was. Oh, Maybe it was man. like battery packs and other things, but yeah, all yeah. the extras. I mean, it's it's a cool yep. piece of tech though. I was impressed. That I it, it's very impressive. I've seen that uh demo play out. I didn't I didn't wear it, but I was there in the room and we had it streaming to a TV. And yeah, my friend puts his uh, finger out and a butterfly lands on his finger and he can twist his finger and it sort of stays there a moment and then uh, flies off. Mm -hmm. And then I saw where the, the dinosaur, which is not a T-Rex, but like a small T-Rex-like mm -hmm. dinosaur. Wait, 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 you're the dinosaur I, guy. You don't know the actual... I don't know which one this was. <laughs> yeah, I know. You're disappointing me I, big yeah. time. <laughs> I saw how it when it approaches the screen, then it like comes out. It like it comes does. out of the screen. They do that clever trick, yeah. and we've seen those images that have the three lines that, that trick your eye, um, where it has yes. like the image is bisected by by two lines, and it feels three dimensional because your brain doesn't know how to process it. It does that very well in the Vision Pro with with a dinosaur coming beyond the screen and coming right up to you. Like I definitely had yeah. the the fight or flight thing kick in. Yeah. You know, right feeling. away. And I was I, I reached out to, you know, try to interact. It was it was very cool. I mean, if if I can relate this to Starfield at all, it's that, you know, I look back at how Bethesda did eventually make uh, Skyrim VR. Mm -hmm. And Oh man, if if someday there is a Starfield VR, mm. I just I don't I don't know if I would do anything else with my life. I it, feel it would like... be it would be stunning. It would be absolutely amazing yeah. to be able to be on a planet and explore in that I mean if I could relate it to that demo that I saw, like Starfield yeah. as that, you know, dinosaur demo, you're right. I wouldn't leave the room for a long time. Well, and in the, the Vision Pro, like I was talking to another gentleman who got one who, he, he was like an older gentleman. And he said, you know, I've always wanted to be on the moon and I'll never be able to, you know, I'll never be able to travel to the moon. But the, with the Vision Pro, they have this demo where you can go to the surface of the moon and just be there and look around and mm -hmm. see the earth from afar. And he was just talking about it, like almost, not, not emotionally, but... You know, you could tell that he was like, this 
feels like a big moment, even though it's virtual. It just felt very real to him. And it's funny because I'm just, the whole time I'm just thinking about Starfield. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you can explore space in Starfield. But, mm -hmm. you know, and, and just, the, yeah, VR is just incredible for being able to give us these experiences. Agreed. And I think, you know, one thing is how do you move around with like the Oculus? Well, Gorilla Tag, you have no legs and you're using your arms because that's what's connected mm. to the sensors. With Apple yeah. Vision Pro, you could be sitting on the couch. I think you could still have interactive control pad in your hand, maybe. But it yeah. would still feel very 3D and immersive um, without having to figure out and solve for moving around within the world. It would just be like gaming in the virtual world in a weird way. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, because I see all these VR games that, that, like, I understand you want it to be really, really interactive, so you have these very special motions that you do with the controllers, and I don't know if this is exactly what you're saying, but I have thought this for a long time where I said, I don't need all that. Just let me use the controller like normal, but mm -hmm. let me just look around with the headset. Like, let me just be immersed that way. Right. I would be happy with that. Uh, I don't. I don't need to have one-to-one -one movement with the sword action. And don't get me wrong. Yes, that is cooler. Mm -hmm. But if if that's the reason these games aren't getting made is because they're saying no, it'd be too difficult to implement that. Then don't don't do that. Just give me the ability to look around in VR. Are we five years away from a company? You know, like Nintendo when they came out in 1980. Five with the NES, they revolutionized home video game, much like Atari had done ten years prior. Are we yeah. are we on the cusp of a VR headset doing just that? Are we five years away from what we just described? Because that would be the next step in video game yeah. evolution, really. You know what's so fascinating is it's really tough to tell because VR. It's it just keeps coming back and it does not it doesn't hit for the general public, mm -hmm. but we get closer every time. Oh, man, people like I don't know how old you are if you're listening, but look up VR in the 90s because it existed, but it was rough. Yeah, Nintendo had that uh, vector. Oh, the virtual boy. Virtual boy. And it yeah. was awful. First of all. It didn't yep. even attach to your head. It, it was on you a had stand. To, you had to you lean put it forward. On a table and you had to lean forward. Yep. Talk about headache inducing. Everything was red. It's like, hey, let's pick a color to render everything in. Hmm. Red? Sure. Great yeah. idea. <laughs> no, well, couldn't it have been blue or like a nice <laughs> soft green. Let's go with angry red on black. And it's like your eyes were screaming out in agony you know, trying to play Star Fox in this, like, vector graphics uh, world. It was bad. This has to be an urban legend, but did you ever hear that, like, someone went blind using the <laughs> virtual boy? <laughs> I don't know if it's true or not. They got um, warts on their on their palm from using it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I believe man. it. I actually believe that rumor because, yeah, I mean, five minutes into it, because they always had a demo at... Toys R Us. 
Yeah. And we went down there and we tried the new <laughs> Nintendo Virtual Boy. The Virtual Boy. And we're like, uh, we're never buying this piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's so funny. Uh, like, yeah. And like vir- virtual reality outside of, of Nintendo, you would get in and like one of the things that they stress today is like making sure that it's always at least 60 frames Mm -hmm. so that you don't get, uh, you know, motion sickness. I don't think they had that back then. I think it was like between 20 to 30 frames and everything was like flat panels. It was like, it was like the movie lawnmower, man. It was just like, (laughs) just this abstract hellscape of virtual reality. (laughs) Dude, it was choppier than Ubisoft's launch of Skull and Bones. (laughs) Oh, man. Lawnmower Man. Oh, that was like, that was a movie that I saw in the theater and I was like, whoa, it's so cool. This virtual reality world. Five years later, I was like, these are the worst graphics I've ever seen in a movie. And like 20 years (laughs) later, it's like, this is laughable. But what's interesting is like VR is something that um, I I think like early 90s, we had this, you know, really random like movie channel for, you know, like independent movies. Mm -hmm. And I remember seeing, it wasn't like, it wasn't bad or anything, but it was definitely like, a cartoon for adults and no it wasn't an adult cartoon in in that way that people are thinking but it just was like it was very interesting because it was pre-matrix but it was about these people that would like put on these vr headsets and you would meet other people and fall in love and like and it was very bizarre, like one guy, like he portrayed himself as a shark and he swam around and like that's how he portrayed himself. And then there's other woman, she was like this beautiful supermodel and they meet and they fall in love. And then the idea was that they um, were, you know, in their real life, you know, things weren't great and like they, they were unhappy with their actual life. You know, very Ready Player One mm-hmm. type story where you go into VR to to be a, a new person. Mm-hmm. What's fascinating to me is that this, this random short film that, that I saw so long ago, it's starting to become real, where people can go in and portray themselves a certain way, they have an avatar, and they can talk to people. I, I've never done this, but I know that the MetaQuest has like, you know, VR chat. Apparently it's dead because it's all like, my kids, yeah. you know, the, the target, their, their implied demographic was older, but their actual demographic is very young because yeah. Yeah. it's a much more savvy mind. Um, you know, my yeah. eight-year-old's mind has grown up on an iPad, for better or worse. They understand yeah. information parsed in that manner so much better than the earlier, older generation. Yeah, and that's what's interesting is it's my youngest that's just like comfortable with new tech. Oh yeah, headset. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. I'm gonna I'm gonna put it on. I'm gonna learn it as I go. And you just you're not gonna get that with the older crowd. Well, you mentioned earlier why isn't the general audience picking up VR headsets? I've got. I'm gonna pitch you how to rebrand Meta. Okay, you ready for this? Yeah. 
Okay, I'm, for, I'm so excited. <laughs> first of all, <laughs> change that horrible name, MetaQuest 2, MetaQuest yeah, 3. It's so What dumb. does that mean? Like, we were talking about, what was it, Xbox 360, like this, these naming conventions. Yeah, Xbox, yeah, terrible mm -hmm. naming conventions, yeah. So MetaQuest, like, first of all, you hear the word meta, you think of Mark Zuckerberg. The most uncoolest dork this side of He's uh, just, like, yeah. <laughs> like the yeah. guy from Back to the Future. What was his name? Oh, Crispin like, Glover. Uh, like Crispin and, Glover's character. Uh, yeah, I love Crispin yeah, Glover. Marty's in real, dad. Yeah, yeah, I love him in real life. He's he's such a cool artist. But anyway, his portrayal of uh, Marty's dad <laughs> was great. But you think of Meta, you think of Mark Zuckerberg, you think dork. Okay. Yeah. So here's <laughs> yeah. here's what you do. You paint the MetaQuest 3 black. You rename it to some awesome name, right? I don't yeah. know. I'm not a marketing yeah. guy. Figure it out, okay? A cool name. That's simple. It's like one word. And then you yeah. sell it for pretty much the same price. It's like four, 400 bucks. I would name it like the portal or something. There you go. The portal. I like it. I would buy a VR headset named the portal yeah the cake Definitely. is a lie so for sure i would mm -hmm. name it that but anyway the i think you could get a bigger audience and then you need you need a title that adults will flock to for our parents it was pong people were buying right. <laughs> entire consoles just to play pong like if before atari yeah. existed you could go to Sears and you could buy whatever it was called, and it only had one function, and that was to play six different versions of Pong. So you have that killer app, rebrand it, and you disassociate with Facebook. Definitely hit the masses with that product, I think. So like most people, uh, especially my age, I have a, a Facebook account. I don't go there very often. I actually remove the app from my phone, so I... I only know what's happening on Facebook if I actually go to the website in a browser. But yeah, when I heard that like the MetaQuest or whatever uh, would require a Facebook account, like instant turnoff for me. I was mm -hmm. like, ugh, no, gross. I don't want that. Can companies stop doing that with, with like use your Facebook to sign into this and, and cross uh, promotional branding with their other stuff? Yeah. I'm with you. I don't want to do that. Uh, I, I eventually bit the bullet and got one because they had that uh, before the Oculus was going to be rebranded as Meta, they dropped it like by a hundred bucks. And so I was like, yeah, I'll pick one up. Um, but I was very happy when they, they changed it finally to where you don't have to have a Facebook sign-in. And I, I, at least they realized how much people don't want that. Especially people you know, under 40, like people that use Facebook are, you know, between 35 and 75 mostly. Yeah. I would even say 40, yeah. 45 and 75 primarily, probably. I think one thing that blew my mind was, uh, and this isn't even new, this was like five, between five and 10 years ago was when I first heard that young people don't even have Facebook accounts. A lot of them, mm -hmm. they're not even signing up for Facebook. So that was like pretty shocking to me because I don't use it much now, but you remember there was a time where we used Facebook for everything. So mm -hmm. the idea of not having a Facebook account was like not having an email. 
it, it was like, what? what? How do you right. do things? How do you sign up for things? How do you know what's happening with your family? And I'm glad that like, I'll go to Facebook now and it's just people sharing links. Like, mm -hmm. I wanna see what's happening with you. Show me photos of like your birthday party. That's my biggest gripe with Facebook. It's is just that, the sharing of the links, right? Yeah, it's just, well, I don't go here to find out what you know you saw on TikTok. I already have TikTok. Yep. I wanna hear about you. I wanna hear what you, exactly what you just said. Like, I wanna see your pictures and your experience. You wanna know what's really funny is, is we used to make fun so much. We used to make fun of people that would take pictures of their meals, right? They'd go out to a restaurant, they'd take a picture of their meal and then share it. Mm -hmm. And now I'm like, I miss that. That was way better. That time period was way better. Like people just checking in. Mm -hmm. I'm at this place. I'm at this fun location. I, here's a picture of my meal. I would much rather go back to that than people sharing an article about, you know, why you shouldn't trust doctors. Like, <laughs> Look at this photograph. So, so Dwayne, so Starfield. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. This is a Starfield podcast, right? Well, look, here's, here's why we get off topic. I feel like Starfield is in a little bit of a, a, a lull, you know. You and I love the game. Yep. However, you know, kind of the, the new has worn off of the game. The game came yep. out. Yep. Uh, it, it had a big high. It had some big lows because, you know, there's backlash. And then there, were, there was a core audience that it found and maintains. But at this point, it's, it's like just the dedicated players are, are really playing yeah. Starfield, right? Kind of like, I still play it. Yep. I played a couple days ago. And the thing is, like, I, I'm still playing a ton. It's definitely, uh, the, the game came out a while ago, mm -hmm. and it's a single-player game. That's what's funny when I see people say, oh, the player count dropped by this much. And it's like, yeah, it's a single-player game. Most people played it, enjoyed it, and moved on. Mm -hmm. And like you said, we have our hardcore dedicated group especially like in our discord we have a lot of people that are playing it still a lot and i also find myself the, i'm like i've played a lot of starfield and i i kind of like push myself i'm like you know you should maybe play another game and most nights like if i don't have time to learn a new game i'm so much more comfortable just dropping into starfield again absolutely and exploring a new planet um i want to start building like I think I'm about to get into hardcore outpost building. So we still have people that, that are playing a, a, the game a lot, but it's totally normal for the, the game to hit this lull because it's been out a while, there's no DLC yet, and we, we don't have the official mod support, we don't have the creation kit or the creation club. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I, you know, I would, refer to this as the quiet before the storm because things are sort of like low key at the moment. There is a positive about that, by the way. It's, I, I do think some of the people that are very negative on the game are finally moving on. Mm -hmm. I've seen a lot There's less other uh, games. S, S posting, if you will. Yeah. I think, I think you said something key though. I mean, it, you're, it's a single player game. I see the same things where Oh my gosh, look at the player count has dropped off. Who cares? Right? Like, and you, you said it perfectly too. You said, I don't want to, there's a lot of cool games I want to play, but I just got home from a long day at work. I want to 
pop in something I know how to play. And, and Starfield's great because you can jump in and you can do 50 different things that are fun yeah. uh, for five minutes or for five hours. Like I, I find in between, I've got like 20 minutes. Sometimes I'll open it up and I'll just go to a, a, a POI and I'll level up, you know, boxing or something like that. I'll find some skill that I want to level up and yeah. work on that for 20 minutes and then oh it's time to make dinner or something like that so i gotta i gotta turn it off one of the most shocking things for me personally was that when i watched the the preview and the direct before the game came out i saw outpost building and i remember just my eyes like going big and i was like i'm gonna do so much of that mm -hmm. and i haven't i haven't done that much and so uh, to me it's not because outpost building is uninteresting to me it's that there were so many other things that were fun. And mm -hmm. I'm kind of excited because I am getting to that point where I'm like, yeah, I should start my, basically my empire. Well, isn't it like, great that even after hundreds of hours that you've put into this game, there's still a, a frontier of gameplay that you have not even touched. And I'm the same way. Yeah. I, haven't, I haven't touched shipbuilding, which I'm really excited about. And I haven't touched outposts. I mean, I'm still just experiencing story and I guess first person shooter aspects of the game and exploring kind of those yeah. three things. It's just going to be so interesting when these like uh, the DLC and stuff comes out. I actually, I have a prediction. Let me see if you agree with me. Mm -hmm. I feel like the creation, well, maybe they've even said this. I feel like the creation kit and the creation club are going to come out before the Shattered Space DLC. Would you agree yeah, with that? I would agree with that. Any interest from modders that they can help, you know, propel the game before they launch the DLC, I think would be a good thing. And I think, you know, modders and players are ready, you know, for for third-party content. So why not? Yeah. I have a prediction yeah. with third-party content, which is at some point, there's going to be a spectacular mod that will fundamentally change the game and bring a new audience to it in some way. I remember uh, yes. Battlefield had a Star Wars mod. This was before, what was the Star like Wars? Battlefront. Battlefront. This was before Battlefront yeah. existed. And maybe one of the reasons why it existed was there was a, an entire mod for Battlefield 1942 or whatever it was yeah. that changed it into a Star Wars game. And it was a blast, you know. So mm -hmm. there may be something with Starfield because, again, it's it's a Lego base plate and it's a box of Lego that yeah. you could make a lot of different things with. So somebody's, and there's already some great mods out there, don't get me wrong, but there might be something like a Gary's Mod type of mod that becomes a freestanding thing that's built on this base plate. Yeah, modders have already done a great job with a game that doesn't have official support yet. The official support is coming, so it's going to be very cool to see what they do. If anyone can do something like with the POIs, like uh, we, I, I have no problem with the POIs mm -hmm. as of now. And, it, and actually I have something to say about that, but I'll just say first that most people do have a problem with it. They're like, oh, I'm sick of seeing the same POIs. Modders are gonna come along and they're gonna revamp that and they're gonna put in, I am sure, so much variety mm -hmm. um, 
here's, I think what's interesting is the POIs as they are now, each POI is pretty big. It's a pretty big level. Like when you, the ones like Cryolab, it's mm-hmm. a big level to explore. What I would be, think would be cool is many, many more smaller POIs. Mm-hmm. Like those scattered across the landscape and just never knowing if you're going to find a big POI or a small POI, that to me is very interesting. I think a lot of us have seen the the moon uh, landing spot, right, in the rover. That's a great yeah. example of a tiny POI. You could have stuff like yep. that where modders create, you know, these little treasure chests of uh, POIs that exist out on planets. Yeah, I actually, I do appreciate that Starfield does currently have, they have little, uh, you know, like little stations that Mm -hmm. are, like they're unmarked POIs. Right. But usually they have like a box. So, you know, it might have some credits or some materials or something. It's nothing like super exciting, but I would love to have a little bit more RNG uh, where there might be a slight chance that you find like a legendary weapon or something, mm-hmm. you know, like that would be cool. If, uh, even if it's the tiniest chance you would, you know, like people would be checking every single one they, they pass by. There was a story element that, uh, you, you go and you find a small POI. And I, it was one of the more interesting things that I visited because I was Compelled to go there because of story, for one. And then I was finding story elements within the point of interest. So, and mm-hmm. it was tiny. It was like a one room, you know, farm outpost type deal. I, I think that they're, they're going to do great with that. I, I want to just say I had a thought the other day about the POI argument about the complaint. You know, I was reminded of the game The Division. Mm hmm. So the division is a it's a looter shooter. It's based on like a disease wiped out most of like most people on earth but um so okay, now good. I thought like... you were going to say it was a math game. <laughs> Bad joke. Sorry. Um, yeah, so it's yeah, the, the sequel multiplication. <laughs> um <laughs> So the, the Division is like, it's a Tom Clancy game. So it's a lot of like guns and firefights and, and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But like it's an RPG. So you have guns and stuff, but they have like these little boosts. But anyway, I'm remembering how in the Division you would have a story and it would have like, I don't know, let's say 20 major locations in the game. Once you've beat the story, you can keep playing forever. I played that game so much, and you would just go and redo these locations over and over again. You were going back because the gameplay was great. So, yes, the gameplay was great, and it was fun. Also, because it was a looter shooter, you always had the chance to get better loot Mm. or better loot that fits a a build that you're working on. So Mm -hmm. I could be like, oh, I'm working on a sniper build. And I would replay these same locations over and over and over. And that's how the game is played. And no one has a problem with this. I never saw anyone complaining about, oh, I'm going to the Air and Space Museum again. Right. I'm so sick of it. And I think that people need to reframe their thinking on how they look at the POIs in Starfield. If, yeah. I, if I can interject, that made me think of like a great or a thing that Starfield could do. I think that Bethesda could do is to just introduce five new weapons. That would bring right. 
a lot of players who maybe are taking a break from Starfield back because, hey, now there's a plasma gun that does different yeah. things in the or game. Or a flamethrower. Flamethrower and yeah, any number of weird futuristic space weapons. Isn't there, uh, you know, I, I forgot about this, but I'm pretty sure there's a turret in Starfield that's a flamethrower. Is there? Unless it was a mod, I mm. saw an image where someone had a flamethrower turret. It's probably a mod, because I know there are fauna that can flamethrow. So someone probably took that element and modded it to add it to the turret. I don't know. You and I both have so little outpost uh, experience that we don't know what the unlockables are <laughs> on an outpost build. Yeah. No, I think you might be right, though. I think that uh, I think it is a mod, but yeah. it, it's clearly possible. Was it Fallout 3? I don't know if it was an expansion, but there was alien presence and there was a whole like storyline. You like, you get abducted. Oh, Mothership Zeta. Yeah. Yeah. And they introduced. Yeah, it, that was Fallout 3. They introduced the futuristic weapons and they were so fun because it would turn your enemies to a pile of dust. You could still loot yeah. like full-size guns and stuff yeah. out of a pile of dust. But I love that weapon. It was super powerful too. Like the, they had a rifle and they had the uh, pistols. I agree. I think I think that would breathe some life into these POIs. Uh, you know, like maybe it's because I played the division so much that, like, I the one comment I've seen so many times is, like I said, they they say, "Oh, I'm so sick of seeing Cryolab," and that's just not how I think of it. Like. I think of it as I'll see Cryolab and I'll go, oh, cool. Like, I I know this location. Let me go get some kills and some loot. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. The, that's just maybe it's because of the types of games I've played in the past. This type of thing doesn't bother me. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm just not paying attention, but I feel like I've only run into the same POI a couple of times. I've done the Cryolab right. because it's so it's it was the first one I ever explored. So that one stands out to me. And so if, when I see it, I'm like, oh yeah, this is this again. It's very distinct. By the way, did you see the cryolab that's in a lava pit? Oh, no. <laughs> Somebody, wait. I don't know where I saw familiar. that. Maybe I think I it was in our image. Discord, but. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's like literally a lake of lava and then the cryolab was like on the edge of it. It looks really cool. That That's exactly where you want a cryolab, by the way. Like just so you can go in and cool down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hey, I think if you're Bethesda and you have these existing Rolodex of POIs already and you want players to have a new experience in these same places without having to create all new ones, script interactive events, you know, with new monsters or with new things that right. happen in those same events. Is that possible? Because that would be oh, cool. Like I do yeah. recall the first time I explored that cryolab and I think it was a, a heat leech jumped out and I was like, oh, this yeah. had a little bit of alien vibe to it. it. scared me and was exciting. And I was looking for more things that might jump out. So there could be some other, you know, scripted thing that makes an existing POI fun. Yeah, I agree. I think if you could program different encounters, different enemies, it would be interesting to go there and maybe it's overrun with... Uh, those horrible, terrifying gliders. <laughs> there you, you go. Know, aliens, yeah. you know. Mm -hmm. That made me think of Gary, the Gary vault, the legendary <laughs> yeah. vault from Fallout 3, right? Well, what if you have one scientist in there who clones himself? It could be stuff like that, like unexpected yeah. enemies who all went crazy. And, you know, vault. the vaults yep. were brilliant because the vaults, 
were some of them were the same design, right? I think throughout the different games, a lot of them had this had similar yeah. layouts. Layouts, and, thank you. Yeah, probably. But you didn't mind because there was cool stories or cool enemies. Well, if you are experiencing kind of a, a little bit of a vacation from Starfield, that's understandable. You're not alone. With the Creation Club coming out, that's going to be exciting, and also future DLC. So I think Bethesda is going to continue to surprise us with content. I think it's very exciting because despite this this kind of quiet before the storm, this is a game that's definitely going to be a long-term game. Mm -hmm. they, are, they have big plans for it. I'm sure there's going to be big pe big pieces of DLC. And honestly, if you are a Starfield fan and you want a like to breathe some life into it, I'm not joking. You got to check out our Discord if you're not there already because it is full of people like playing and sharing things and we're doing like shipbuilding challenges. You can show off your outpost. Uh, there's so much going on in the Discord in terms of Starfield. I've actually, we, we have a lot of people in there that say, you know, I, I stopped playing, but I'm still here. Like, mm -hmm. I'm still here seeing what people are doing, and they, they like to listen to the podcast. And, and, um, and honestly, I, I think that there's people that might have stopped playing, except for the fact that they've got all these other friends in the Discord that are kind of showing them new ways to play. Absolutely. Hey, I have a big question for you. Yeah. What's going on with the Xenogrub? I, I have so many questions about Xenogrub mm -hmm. because it's you'll you'll find it everywhere. It, it it's on like all these different planets, and not only that, but you can't scan it like other uh, you know animals on on different planets. So it's mm. it's like where is it native? Like. I don't want to give anything away, but even the Terror Morph has a native planet mm -hmm. that if you go to that planet, you can scan the Terror Morph. Uh, so the Xenogrub, like, it just appears everywhere. Mm -hmm. I, I mean... Wait, that's different than it, the, the Xeno egg thing that I'm finding, right? Because I'm finding, like, the... Oh, like alien egg? Alien egg, yes. Yeah. So there, alien egg, I think, is just, like, general... Like, it could be anything. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. It could be like, breakfast, you know what I mean? It could be. A big old, <laughs> big old omelet. Mm -hmm. If anyone has found a planet with scannable, scannable xenogrubs, I would love to know about it. Because to me, the xenogrub could either just be a small nothing, just a, just a detail. Mm -hmm. Or it could be a seed of a great mystery. Right. Well, a grub implies an insect in its infancy, does it not? Yeah, generally. So where are mommy and daddy xeno things? Mm. Right. And so it, are these grubs supposedly different grubs that will grow into different aliens? Because mm -hmm. they all look the same. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. I think they're but from... But I don't trust them. I, I kill them every <laughs> chance I get. I think they're from planet Grubhub. <laughs> this podcast is sponsored by, sponsored by Grubhub. Order now. Put in a code Zeno for zero percent off. Alien egg breakfast burrito. Yeah, I'm down. I would try. I'll try anything once. Mm -hmm. Well, all this talk of breakfast make me hungry, and if you're hungry for some cool YouTube videos, check out 
Tau Security, who is a member of our Discord. Check out their YouTube channel. It is uh, pretty cool. You can go into our community channel. What's it called? Community content? Yeah, it's our community content. Mm -hmm. And you'll find uh, a whole series of what uh, Tau is calling Starfield Essentials. Whole series yeah. of videos. And uh, like some of the titles are like, Is the Refurbished Goods Mission Broken? Uh, another one is entitled, Do Cargo Ships Deliver to Outposts While I Dream of Electric Sheep? So if you're looking yeah. for uh, other Starfield content, definitely check out Richard's videos. These are great videos. They're they're deep dives into you know some of the mechanics of, of the game that mm -hmm. I, I find uh, very helpful. Agreed. Hey, Michael, who is your companion right now? Oh, my companion? Yeah. Well, I have several companions, actually. Our companions are on Patreon that I want to give a special thanks to, Ooh. which are Space Cadet, Rampage American X, Cherry Bomb RN, Griffin, Ben Price, and Zegra Rocks. Huge thanks to these companions for just keeping the machine running. Absolutely. Thank you very much for being a part of our Patreon. We also have uh, other Patreon supporters too. We want to thank them as well. So if you're interested in joining our Patreon, check out the show notes. Yes, we have a bunch of benefits there like ad-free content, uh, bonus content, bonus episodes, and even stickers and t-shirts. Michael, I listen to our own podcast, just a kind of quality control. Uh, after we post it. And for the first time, I was getting ads because uh, I have not signed up for our Patreon yet. <laughs> and I was like, right. <laughs> right. I was yeah. thinking like, oh my gosh, this, you know, this is well worth a dollar a month to not have to uh, listen to ads. I can't stand ads. I don't know. I just. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Ads are. Ads are the unfortunate uh, necessity of the business. Mm -hmm. And yep. For a dollar a month, you can exercise them from your starfield with normal people life. I have exercised a demon. That's right. You can do that too. But thank you to everyone that listens on Spotify, Apple, and thank you to those watching on YouTube. All of our links that we talk about are provided in the show notes below. Extra special thanks for comments and feedback. If you have a comment, suggestion, or an in-game story to share, you can leave a comment on our YouTube page. You can also come into our Discord, right? Yeah, leave a comment there. Why yes, not? we have please. a podcast discussion nope. channel. I love that. Like the podcast comes out and people go there and talk about it, and we are right there talking about it with you as well. Mm -hmm. And if you like the show, please consider dropping a five star review on your favorite podcast app. That would really help us out. Thanks for traveling the Starfield with us. Make sure you subscribe because guess what? We'll be back next week for more. We'll see you then. <laughs>